Would you let your teenage son buy a motorcycle? Vroom, vroom. How was that? Is that pretty good? Great sound effects. <laughs> Welcome to the Out of Control Podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Molly. And this is the Out of Control Podcast. Why do we call it that, honey? Because we talk about living out of the control in an out of control world. So that means trying to find a place of surrender, of acceptance. And we talk about that as far as it goes with parenting and relationships and as well as spirituality, sexuality, and other topics that relate to that. So we don't have all the answers, but we're here exploring it and hoping you'll join the conversation. So with that being said, let's get into this podcast. Okay. I know, I know there are many people who think we are crazy. Well, we might be. That may be a very true statement. Yes, or brave, or dumb, or out of our minds. Or out of control. But definitely that, probably, most likely. So, we... But, 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 before we get into that... Yeah. We need to do... We need to do the one, the only... Fun Facts with... Matt and Molly. <laughs> We're so lame at that. Oh, no, I'm not lame. Okay, I'm lame. I'm very cool. Um, Okay, so do you have a fun fact for today? Fun fact is Mm -hmm. as much work as it is preparing for a new homeschool year, Mm -hmm. I secretly enjoy researching. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because there is something very thrilling Mm -hmm. about... Um, so, you know, we, I do my tech high and so I have to have their schedules submitted by a certain date and they have to take certain core classes and English. I'm going to pause for those that don't know. So we homeschool. Yes. If you haven't ever listened to our podcast before and we use something called my tech high, which is a sort of, it's available in Utah, Oregon and Colorado, I believe now. And it allows you to tap into state funds through a sort of charter school model that you can actually get the money to help you. You get reimbursed. Basically, you get reimbursed. You have to get things expenses. approved and you, get, you have certain classes you have to take and get the schedule approved. Yeah. So let's say, I mean, they have to take an English class. Yeah. So I'm trying to think what are each of my boys passion about mm-hmm. that can be classified as English, creative writing, grammar that would be approved on their schedule, but that would work to their strengths and their interests. Yeah. And so when I can hone in on that and I find something that works, mm. I feel real good about myself. Oh, angels sing. And so I didn't do such a great job last year. Mm. Really? No, the older boys, their language arts was not that good. They had some really good elements that I liked. Yeah. Um, but there were some parts that I really didn't like. And they still did it, but it just wasn't maybe as. Yeah. But I'm also open to like tweaking things that maybe. Okay. okay. But mm-hmm. I mean, I still have to do Nick for English. I feel like English is. can Tough for is, the younger it, kids. Well, it's a tough one because if you're trying to cater towards what they're interested in. I mean, English can just, it can be boring if you don't like writing and you don't like grammar and it can feel really dull. Yeah. But I have the older two taken care of. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on Nick, but I feel like this year is like so far for Tyler and Ben. You feel really good about I it. I feel good about their. So your fun fact is that you are secretly enjoy. I've, 
It's a, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of kids. work mm-hmm. if if you're gonna do it the way I do it. Yeah. But it is it's satisfying mm-hmm. when you like get it right. Sweet. So. And you found some really cool stuff for the kids. Like, what was that class you found for Benny? So Benny, it's gonna it counts as creative writing, and mm-hmm. it's um, I think it's, it's a like nine a, week mm-hmm. course through Pixar, mm-hmm. but it's about storytelling, which is why it fits under creative writing. But so it's taking creative writing and drawing mm-hmm. and combining them together. Yeah. And um, so it's almost like learning how to be a Pixar artist, storyteller. Yeah, what but really hone in on the craft of storytelling. Yeah. Uh, and I showed Ben, and he was like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And then Tyler, I've got Taking Care of Free English. It's a follow-up course to his one-year adventure novel that he loved, mm-hmm. which was a year before last year. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoy finding things that I think my boys will thrive in. Yeah. If anything I can do to support their passions and their mm-hmm. interests, um, it's really fun for me. Sweet. So. And you're good at it. And I, and I think it is cool to see like how passionate and excited Tyler was about his education when you figured out that writing course. I think so much of us are, you know, and people wonder like, why would you homeschool? That's so hard. I could never homeschool. And, and, and there's a lot of give in homeschooling. Like there's a lot of like, well, yeah, it is. It's a, a lifestyle. I yeah. always say that everybody needs to be on board because there's sacrifice. Yeah, there's some sacrifices, but there's some really big benefits Yeah, that you just, I just don't see in regular schooling. And I'm grateful. I mean, if I was a single parent, I obviously couldn't probably justify homeschooling. Um, I and I know a lot a of, <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably would. Yeah. But I'm well, just, you just, I'm, I'm that another, passionate about it. Yeah. You find another sugar daddy and, and you'd be fine. No, why do you think I asked you to take such hefty life insurance? <laughs> so, uh, anyways, so that's, that, that, that is, uh, uh to me, I love that about you. I, love I mean, I could do, we could do a whole sacrifice. podcast, but that might be really boring, but I just, yeah. Homeschooling is really cool. Yeah. So my fun fact, since you were talking about English, is that I speak Spanish. You do. Me so, hablo español. I don't actually think that's right. Me hablo. No, hablo español. Um, yeah, do I sound, you? Yeah, I, do I? Um, actually, I do. I, I speak it very fluently and um, uh, with a gringo accent now. I used to be a little bit more, but and I can read it. And so that's my fun fact. And actually. There's something else I'm doing right now that I found out recently could really apply. So maybe next week when I talk about my fun fact and it's something, another benefit of the silver lining of this house move. Do I know this? Yeah. You know what the silver lining is, but you don't know the application of what I'm the Spanish speaking. So uh-huh. we'll have to talk about that after. Yeah. And then maybe we'll talk about it in a future podcast. So, all right. But today in today's podcast, we are going to talk about what do you do when your 17 year old son actually like 16 year old son wants a motorcycle okay because he he did he turned 16 and got his driver's license and he was like oh i want to get a motorcycle one day yeah and i was like well let's learn how to drive first yeah and i actually was more open than i was today i did initially because i told tyler Mm -hmm. i said well let's you need to learn how to drive Mm -hmm. and, and get a little bit proficient in that skill yeah so let's take your first year of driving from 16 to 17. And he got his driver's license the day he turned 16. Yeah. So let's take the, a full year. And if you get zero tickets and you get in zero accidents, mm-hmm. then 
they will be open for discussion mm-hmm. around your 17th birthday. And we have a deal with our kids that we will support them in the acquisition of a vehicle when they, at whatever age they want to. So the deal is we will match for one car purchase, whatever amount of money they bring to the table. You don't think we should cap that? Cause what if one of our kids becomes, <laughs> well, we could cap it, but I would go pretty high on it. So, um, and we may have to, you know, we may choose to finance that amount or whatever, but for instance, if they save up five grand, then we'll help them get a $10,000 car. What if they save up 10 grand? Then we'll get a $20,000 car. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm what if Tyler whatever. saves up 40 grand? Then I'll buy him a Tesla. So, okay. Cause um, he's starting to do some things that he could. Yeah. We're hoping that he can, he's got some things. In, going on. Anyways, but. You did say that does not count towards a motorcycle. But I was like, it doesn't count towards a motorcycle. So if you're buying a motorcycle, you've got to buy it yourself. Now, we went back and forth on this. And so he turned 17. And so at first, I was absolute no, because I've owned motorcycles myself. And so uh, I guess we could tell a funny story about me on motorcycles. Yeah, do it. Yeah, quick. Quick. So when, you know, I came with parents and my mom's dad had a traumatic, I don't remember the whole story, but there was a traumatic incident with, I think it was his brother and a motorcycle. And I can't remember if his brother died or got in a major accident that really, I, I, I all I remember he's like rode through the front of somebody's house on his motorcycle or something like that. Oh, wow. Now maybe I'm totally making up that story, but there was something traumatic that happened. And so he was always very anti-motorcycle and he was like a really outdoorsy, like guy's guy, but he was always no motorcycles. And I think that got passed on to to my mom. And so my mom was very anti-motorcycles, but I wanted one from a pretty young age. And I liked cars. I've always liked fast things. I'm just a vehicle guy. Not everybody is. I do. I like vehicles and I like motorcycles. So, um, I got married and my parents, you know, they were just kind of like, um, they, on one hand, they like did a really good job of teaching us so many good principles. And on the other hand, I think it, the same thing that all parents go through when your kids start to become adults, it's hard to really transition from I'm their parent and I'm not their parent. Right. And well, you're, you're always your kid's parents, but you have to transition to different type of parenting. I think yeah. at different stages in your kid's life. Well, and, and, and like we talked about before, like there's really a value in moving to this peer relationship with your kid. And yeah. we'll talk probably more about that in a second. But I think that was harder for my parents to do for whatever reason. I wouldn't, I never thought my parents were controlling, but they were opinionated in, in, in what they thought was right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And they had lived a life where living accordingly had made a lot of success in their life. So I don't blame them. I don't know how I would interpret life any differently myself. Um, but this was one thing. Motorcycles was sort of something that was kind of off the table at the time. Now, I don't think that they would remember it that way themselves now. It's funny because we've been talking about old stories and it's funny what they remember versus what I remember. And some of it is probably my own remembering that's off. But I decided to get a motorcycle without them knowing. So I'd actually already been married. My wife passed away and I moved back home. And they, I think I talked to them about it and they were like, yeah, they, not while you're living at home, which is kind of a weird control mechanism. But anyways, maybe that's not true though. I was really trying to remember because maybe that's not true at all. And I just knew they would just not be happy with me having it. And so either way I bought it and I parked it at a storage unit. (laughs) And so I would take my car and I would go get the motorcycle. Then I'd go out on the motorcycle, pick up girls or whatever, including Molly. 
and drive the motorcycle around and then drive the motorcycle back to the storage unit, get the car and come back Which home. is why yes. I wasn't surprised yeah. when Tyler said he wanted, a motorcycle. he wanted a motorcycle. Yeah. And so my first motorcycle I had for a while and later on we did let my parents know. We won't go into that whole story, but you've, I, you've owned two motorcycles. I've had another motorcycle later on. I sold that one because we were on the road. Then I then I got another one, and then that one. I'll tell that story another day. I got hit on it from behind, and it got totaled and never came back because someone stole it. So, yeah. So that for me, having I mean, I was pregnant with Nick at the time. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to be a widow with young kids. And so I said, let's shelf the motorcycle. It wasn't like. I think what you said was, I think this is God's way of saying that you don't need a motorcycle. Right now. stolen. I said, let's wait till the kids get older. Mm -hmm. And so. And when I got hit, I was lucky because um, I get hit from behind. A lady was going about 35 miles an hour. It sent my bike flying across the intersection. And you flipped backwards. I flipped over her over her car kind of like a rag doll over her suv it landed on the ground and somewhere in that process whether it was either from the impact of her hood or the windshield or the ground i broke my tailbone but that was really it Besides i think being maybe banged my finger. and bruised yeah um but you were wearing but i was wearing protective, protective you know I, I don't know if i had protective pants on but i had protective uh jacket and you a always wear jeans yeah i usually wear jeans yeah i would always wear jeans when i was riding a motorcycle but um but i had a helmet and i had uh, gloves and I had a jacket, right? Yeah. And uh, so I was lucky. I was really, really lucky. But but I but after being married to you for almost twenty years, yeah, like, you're ready for me to get hit. No, again. you're. I know you're a risk taker. You like adventure. Mm-hmm. You're gonna. You're drawn to things that maybe are outside my comfort comfort zone, right? And that are more physically dangerous to your your body. Um. So I wasn't surprised that that Tyler wanted one. Yeah. And. I have also always promised myself that I would support and be my kids' biggest cheerleaders and whatever their passions were, as long as they were legal. Yeah. Even if I didn't care for them, mm-hmm. I disagreed with them. Right. And, or thought they were crazy. Like yeah. even to this day, like Nick, lo- like he loves video games and he'll get really Nick interested ben? in one. Nick, oh, Nick right now oh. I'm talking about Nick. Oh. And he'll get really interested and he'll just want to talk about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will sit and listen and I'll ask questions and try to understand maybe why he loves it so much, even though I don't like video games like at all, just because I just never been interested in them for one. Mm -hmm. So I I really do as a mom Mm -hmm. try to incorporate that, incorporate that into my parenting. Mm -hmm. And so here I have my oldest child who is really wanting to get a motorcycle i could list all the reasons why i should say no Mm -hmm. um, because i want my children to live a very long life and die after i am already gone Mm -hmm. um i I think that's actually one of my biggest fears is burying one of my children Mm -hmm. um but i swore that i would be their biggest cheerleader and i'm not going to let my personal fears get in the way of theirs and also, I'm going to try to um, encourage them and guide them into doing smart, responsible things. So mm-hmm. I think, I mean, motorcycles are dangerous. So, you know, I've heard the horror stories. I've seen the things. I get it. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that are dangerous in this life mm-hmm. that um, I may never want to do. 
but someone I love might want to. So how, how can I show up as my best self while still providing guidance for my 17 year old that still lives at home mm-hmm. and giving him some freedom to make his own decisions? Yeah. It's a challenging thing as a parent. Cause no, you, do it want, is. you do want your kids to, you know, as much as I've dealt with a ton of death in my life, including obviously my own wife, um, I don't want anybody around me to die. You know, I don't, especially not my kids. Right. I do feel equipped that if that happens, I'm equipped with dealing with that. I actually think I have more fear about us in the event that one of our kids died, like our relationship and how our relationship would do in that event. I think you, you would be a rock and I, I definitely would have a season of falling apart. Yeah. And, and I think that would be hard for that, but that would be hard for the, the, the losing my child would be hard. Seeing me in that much pain would be hard. Yeah. Man, like the processing that would have to be going on between and, and because you turn inward when you're in that, that's to me harder. So, um, universe, I do not need this lesson. So (laughs) why did we invite it? Why are we okay with it? And what has happened? So what has happened is, um, Tyler turned 17 and he didn't have any tickets and he didn't have any, in fact, honestly, he is a really freaking good driver. Yeah, he, he is, he is a teenager. So, you know, he's made some dumb decisions, but I feel like overall he's a pretty smart kid. Yeah. Smart, with, not just like intellectual smart, no, which he is, like but, but a, he's actually like, a, yeah, he's got a good head yeah. on his shoulder. He's an open communicator. Um, and he started to look at bikes. So the first thing he did, he wanted to buy originally what was called a rebel 500 and he had, he'd he'd followed a guy and watched all those videos and the rebel 500s look really cool. And, um, and, and, and I, I was at first like, I, I no, I don't think this is a thing. Like I'm going to let you get to 18 and then, uh, but one of the things that shifted for me over the last year was really the value and importance of these last couple years of him in the house. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I see now is like when your kids are little, when they're babies, you know, you take care of them. You do everything, you protect them, you make sure they stay alive, right? When they're toddlers, you know, you start to teach them about the world. When they're, you know, uh, five to 10, you're starting to teach them about themselves, and like their place in the world when they're 10 to like 13, you start to teach them about their interactions with other human beings and, and how to make that done in a healthy way. Um, and then like 13 to 15 is kind of, to me, like the culmination of your parenting mm-hmm. and your, well, I, 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 in that by about 15 years old, they're kind of in, they're kind of on, like, if you haven't kind of ingrained it in them at that point, then at 15 years old, they're sort of making their own decisions, whether you like it or not. And if yeah. you haven't built a relationship where they can trust and lean and know they're how either going to gonna include you in the decisions they're yeah. making or they're not. Yeah. So somewhere around this stage of 16, 17 years old, when they're in their kind of junior, senior years, to me, this is the opportunity to, for them to practice being an adult without all the responsibilities of being an adult. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel like we've tried to set up our kids. Well, and, and I'd like to um, make a distinction. Like for me, I kind of mm. had an aha moment because you, you are an adventurer and you are more of a risk taker than yeah. me. Like you want to go scuba diving with sharks and you would love to skydive. And some of those things are, I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. you know, I may or may not want to do those. Mm-hmm. And I would 
I do would have some fear around them, mm -hmm. you doing them, but you know, I, I try to be open. I think there is a difference between being a risk taker mm -hmm. and being reckless. Foolish or reckless. True. Yeah. And I think, I think some people who have very low risk tolerance see being risk taker risk as taking rec as reckless. And, and to me, I think those are two very different things. Cause yeah. I think you can do things with high risk, yeah, but do them in a very smart yeah. and mindful yeah. way. Well, and, and, and so one of the things that Tyler's done is he's done a bunch of research and he's, he's, I mean, a bunch, he spent hours and hours and hours watching safety videos on YouTube and on how to, you know, ride a motorcycle. And that's not the end of the journey. Like we, no. we, we, we he's going to need to learn more on the road. In fact, there was even something just today that I realized when you're riding, there's something you needed, like I want to make him aware of. The thing about him is he's a very teachable kid. So he'll take coaching and hear it and internalize it, you know, which is not every kid. In fact, I don't know how I'd feel about Benny wanting to motorcycle at 17. Like, but Benny doesn't want one to motorcycle. He doesn't even want to drive at 16. He's nervous about driving. So they're just different. Kids. They're just different people. Everyone's a different person. So, so Tyler's got a little bit of that in him. So he, so he starts to look and finds this motorcycle he wants. Um, and then we, and then he was like, could I get one? And frankly, right now we've been on one car. We've been trying to buy another car, but we want to buy a certain car. That car hasn't come in. And so the summer showed up and I was kind of like, well, you know, another motorcycle. I was actually thinking about buying an e-bike. Um, actually would be kind of nice. And if Tyler's going to pay for it himself, like there's some added benefits to the family. And, if he's going to do and this, to be honest, I mean, gas prices are insane. Yeah, they're insane. Anyway, so there's, there's some good logic yeah. to this opportunity for the family and for Tyler to have some freedom, to have some ability to get to where he needs to go. And when we have conflicts, we could now have another opportunity. Um, I had been playing around with some other ideas of vehicles that I would buy and maybe rent out and stuff like that. But anyways, so I finally got to this place where after talking to him and listened to all the research he was doing about safety, about safety equipment, about I realized he was taking this very seriously, not just like off a whim. I want to buy a motorcycle. I mean, dad. he already re he researched what he needed to do to get his motorcycle permit. Yeah, and he did it license. all on his own. We didn't help him at all. I mean, maybe you like I scheduled the appointment scheduled for him, him but. Yeah. but he he really did it. And that's what we asked him. And then he, I explained to him about insurance. He'd have to pay for that. He'd have to pay for the motorcycle. Um, I did help them to search for the motorcycle. And, and one of the things that happened is, is we went and looked at um, some of the motorcycles. Uh, what we figured out is that uh, he, it made more sense. It didn't make, well, what I realized is he was really serious about this. And so if you're buying a motorcycle, there's different levels of engines. And so he was looking at a 500 CC engine, which could handle highway driving, but it really tops out around 80, 85. And if you're driving a vehicle at top range, it actually beats Where's the vehicle up more? more, even though it would be a Honda and it could probably handle it pretty well. So a lot of people say that they commute with these vehicles, but I did. I, I also know buying a motorcycle, you're going to want a newer motorcycle. So then he's going to buy something that he's going to have to resell. Which they're worth something, but I didn't want him to have to rebuy a motorcycle in like a year. So we found another option that would be a 650, still a great starter bike. It's a cruiser style. It's not a crotch rocket as we used to call them. Um, it fits his size really well. It's great for guys that are a little bit shorter. He's 5'5". Five five, so, um, and it's a good looking bike. And so we found one. It was pretty expensive, brand new, only 500 miles. But so we kind of passed on that one. Um then we found another one and the guy agreed to buy it, but we waited a agreed few days to let you buy it. Yeah. 
We had a great price at it. On it like ghost, killer price. Ghosted you. Well, he didn't ghost me. Just the day we were supposed to pick it up, he said, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm not selling it anymore." And, and in then reality, he sold you. it to somebody else. Yeah. But then he ghosted you after that. Well, I asked him why he didn't want to sell it anymore. He, he ghosted me at that point. <laughs> so, so then we found another one, and these are pretty popular bikes, so they do go fast. And we found a pretty decent price. It was below market, but at a mar- at a at a dealership. And so we worked out a deal with him where I said, hey, so he had about $3,500. So I said, if you put your $3,500, then I'll finance the remaining, but you got to pay the payment. So that's what we've done. And uh, he got a pretty good price on the bike. Um, he loves it. It's a great looking bike. And what was fun was we actually went back and looked at his history of like pictures with him since he was a little baby. And what, what did lo- you find? He's always loved motorcycles. Yeah. He had a, well, he rode his trike mm-hmm. that we kept inside the house like a motorcycle and mm-hmm. then he had a little ride on uh indian battery powered indian they motorcycle. Right around the house so he and then I, we even have pictures of him climbing up on my motorcycle yeah. when he was a little kid <laughs> and pretending to be dad he's so he's always loved motorcycles he's always loved motorcycles so this has been kind of a dream come true for him so about a week ago he found the bike we went and picked it up and um and you're teaching him yeah so we went over to to the local church parking lot and he started out and he's very teachable and i think it's pretty awesome we started out like okay you got to learn about going from first to neutral and and brakes and then let's mimic situations you're in first and you're trying to take off to the right to the left to the and i've tried to give him scenarios that are typically kind of anxious like okay you imagine you just stalled out and you got to restart your bike really fast there's people behind you it's the green light you're in an uphill you know so we're practicing different scenarios he hasn't he's, he's done a little bit of driving on major roads mostly small roads under 35 so miles he, an hour he has a motorcycle permit and yep. he has that for two months and he can't you know there's some restrictions mm-hmm. So he can't go over 60 miles an hour. So he's not going on the highway right now. Yeah. Um, he's being smart. He's taking it slow and, you know, making sure he feels comfortable to kind of like go to the next level. And yep. he's, he bought some really nice gear yep. that he was expensive. Spent all his own money on his own helmet. Mm-hmm. And we bought some cool comm systems so that we can talk while we're riding together. And, uh, he's, because, oh gosh, somebody else also bought a motorcycle. Did you buy a motorcycle, honey? No, you oh. did. <laughs> so we went from one car to one car and two motorcycles. Yeah, baby. And and we all understand that these motorcycles, once it hits late fall, early winter, you might know, be slightly useless. But yeah, and we'll get we'll then get a second car. Hopefully, yeah, maybe sooner. Hopefully, the cars have come in. But um, you know, like I think, just like we live life, we differently we we have parented differently along yeah. the way. And, um, I just, I don't think when it comes to parenting, what I've learned is there's not a one size fits all. And I don't think you can make blanket rules from the time they're little and think that they're just going to last you through your whole of parenting. I think what I am learning, especially in the later years is that take some adjustment and shifting and an open mind. Mm-hmm. And just because I let Tyler get a motorcycle doesn't mean I would let Benny or let Nick. I think each kid presents differently and, and how they, um, you know, yeah. And so this is those things to you. Yeah. And so in this stage to me, this is a cool stage where me and my son can go have experiences together. And, you know, there'll be a day not too long ago where from now where he'll be 
out of the house or, you know, potentially at college for a season when it would be really tough to stay connected to them. And so these are some cherishable opportunities. And there's other ways that you could connect with your kids than motorcycles. But yeah, but I also like to ask myself, like, what will I regret? Mm -hmm. You know, if I make one decision versus the other decision. Yeah. And, um, I don't want him to die, but I would regret holding him back from him living the life that he wants to live when when it comes to doing things that are legal. And well, one of the things you said earlier is, you know, I, I, this is how I live my life. If you were to ask me the question, would I rather live a long life or a full life? You would say full. I would say I'd want to live a full life. And if that meant that it was cut short now, once again, I think with that caveat that there's a difference between being reckless and being a risk taker, risk taker. Yeah. but some of us are cut from a different mold. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting. There was interesting data like around, around motorcycles and, and, and what, you know, he, he actually presented all this information to me. He was like, dad, here's, and this was after we'd already decided, but he, it was cool that he was still looking into how to be safe. And after we said, yes, you could get a motorcycle. And he was like, you know, one of the things that I realized is that 75%, I think the data was that 75% of motorcycle accidents, people are drunk. He's like, which, you know, is something he's committed to not doing, you know, when, and I don't drink and then drive like that's, that's not on the table for me. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if he makes that same decision in his life, I think that's a, that's a really good way to operate in life. And yeah. That may mean you're, you're hanging out with some buddies and maybe they're at a bar or whatever. Cause sometimes if you're with motorcycle guys, that may be where they hang out, but you know, you, you need to make that decision to, to, to not cross those lines. And, and then he also, the other thing he presented that I thought was interesting is that in many parts of the country or, or the world, people can't afford cars and everybody rides some sort of two wheeled vehicle. Right. And maybe they're not going 90 miles an hour down a highway, but, um, I think that sometimes in the name of justification of safety and of, of not taking risk in life, we, we sort of, you know, set the bar that everything that is at all risky, we should never do. Right. And, and I, although I can appreciate that way of seeing life and, and some people need that model for their life. Um, I think it's okay for every, not everybody to live that life. And if my son passes away because he chose to ride a motorcycle, I'm not going to regret that. I'm not going to regret this decision. I, I will hurt. I maybe feel pain and sorrow, but I will, I will know that I let my son live the life that he chose to live. And I think if there is a God that has some sort of say in what he's put us down here to do, I think that we're more likely to have a God who values the agency that he's given us and sees the value of what we do with that. Now, yeah, you know, I don't know. Some people I think think that that's anti-God to take risk as such, but I, I'm not encouraging my kid to pop wheelies down the highway. Like that's not what yeah. I'm saying. In fact, I'd, I'd, I'd hope that he'd have the discipline and learn how to not do that. Now, is he going to break the speed limit on occasion? If he's got a little bit of dad in him, he might, but you know, it's kind of easy to do that. It is a lot of me. He does. He does. So he maybe won't, maybe won't, but we will see. So that's the story of how our 17 year old ended up with a motorcycle for his first vehicle. Yeah. And he is stoked. So yeah, it's fun to see him excited. Now, if you want to hear about my brand new motorcycle, then subscribe, tune in and join us again in the future. This has been another Out of Control podcast. We thank you for joining us. Subscribe. 
and yeah, like and review it's really helpful to yeah. get feedback way you get review is just uh, click on that little spot on the iTunes uh, podcast right there just the name of the podcast out of control and then scroll all the way down there'll be an opportunity for you to just click on write a review and uh, you know give us a five star if you feel like this has been worth it and share it with anybody that is you know trying to live a little more out of control or maybe someone that knows their son wants a motorcycle <laughs> and let us know if there's a topic that you're really wanting to hear us talk about yeah we're hoping to add more to this community in the future for now we hope you're enjoying the podcast and the conversations and uh we'll catch you next round right take care